You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the On Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, here to recap and react to what was a very disappointing showing for Illinois. 31-24, lose to Purdue, and they have lost their grip in the Big Ten West. Need a lot of help to win the Big Ten West title, but that is basically out the door unless a lot of weird things happen here. Joey Wagner, I mean, the, the point is there's a lot of things we got to get into. Some really questionable calls by the referees certainly didn't help Illinois. But a team the last two weeks that has not looked like the team we saw during the six-game winning streak, especially uh, the four straight Big Ten wins, um, they failed to meet the moment. They were undisciplined today, too many penalties, and it felt like they didn't deal with the pressure of being the front runner well. Um, and November is off to an absolutely terrible start for an Illinois team that reset expectations with that 7-1 and uh, one start. Now all of a sudden you're 7-3, and three, fighting uphill again. Um, trying to fight your way to a Big Ten West title. Again, it's still there, but not this team. This team's gotten hurt. We'll talk about the injuries. And we'll talk about a team that uh, I think has been adjusted to uh, by opposing Big Ten teams. But very disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, two weeks ago, we were, you and I were driving back from Nebraska, and it was, whoa, if they win the next two, it, it could be today uh, you know, against Purdue that they win the West at home with two games left. And... And we knew that they didn't have to win a week ago. Uh, it would have helped a lot. It would have moved the timeline up. But we knew they still had control. As long as they had control, they could still seize a moment. They lost all that today. And it wasn't just the loss, right? I mean, they, they did. It, it played poorly in some elements of the game. It was just the way it all kind of unfolded, like an avalanche. They just couldn't contain. And then the penalties started to pile up. And, and it just looked like a group of guys who have, for their whole college football careers, some of them six yeah. years, some one year, have never been in these moments down the stretch where it's November and you can grab your opportunity by the, you know, by the shoulders and say, this is ours and let's go with it. And, and they did, Jerry. That's the best way to put it. They missed a moment that was sitting in front of them. They missed a storybook ending a week ago. They missed that big national, hey, look at us moment today. And now you got to find a way to turn the page and go to the big house and try to do something to, to get your footing again. And that's not easy. Yeah, I agree with you. It felt like a team that hasn't been in this place before, right? They, they haven't had the opportunity to go snatch something, to go get the victory, get a championship. It was kind of like, you know, Alex Palczewski told us last week after the loss, we have to go take it. They didn't go take it today. Um, if they would have won today, there was like a 90% chance they win the West. I'm interested to see the numbers after this. It's probably, what, 10 um, that's what one loss does for him. They have to go win at Michigan most likely to have a chance and win at Northwestern, and then they need some other things to go their way. Purdue went and took that. Last year they were in a Big Ten West title race. 
didn't win it, but they come back this year and now have it kind of control their own destiny, at least in a little way. Um, they need Wisconsin or Iowa both to lose here coming up. But so many scenarios that can play out in the West that is kind of wacky. Um, but one team looked like they'd been in a Big Ten West race before. One team looked like it didn't. And, and kudos to Purdue. Thought they played pretty well. But, man, the penalties. And, yes, some of those were really questionable. The Devin Witherspoon call was atrocious. I thought the Sidney Brown call was really, really bad. But championship teams have to overcome adversity, Joey. Illinois State still gave up 31 points, still had some really bad penalties at times. Um, you know, the, the out-of-bounds play, the hands to the face on, the, on that Purdue drive where they took the lead back in the fourth quarter. Those things can't happen. Alex Palczewski is a 60-year senior. He had two penalties that really hurt, um, could have hurt really Illinois today. They can't have those time after time. And, and that happened, 12 penalties, 120 yards. Even if you think there were some questionable penalties, that's way too many penalties uh, and mental errors for, for Illinois today. But boy, were these refs bad. These are the same refs we saw against Indiana. I'm not saying it's the only reason they lost, but it certainly didn't help Illinois. And the Devin Witherspoon play changed everything, right? Like that, you get that interception. That, that's going to be on his NFL draft film. That was a fantastic play on the ball. He attacked the ball. I thought, if anything, it was going to be offensive pass interference on Charlie Jones because he grabbed him coming back. That one changed it, but Illinois wasn't able to respond, right, throughout the rest of the game. They were not able to respond after that moment. Yeah, we can really, I don't know if we want to get into it now, but I thought the the drive before the Devin Witherspoon penalty was really kind of the catalyst for all of that to be set up. We thought Illinois, they got the ball with just under three minutes left before the half. That is like, that's why you defer to get that opportunity. That is like the, the most double dippable, I don't even know if that's a word, scenario. You know, three minute, four minute off and just get down there, score the ball, get a field goal if you have to come out of the third and get it. And they go two runs up the middle and, and really looks like a broken play on third down that, that went nowhere. They punted it into the wind. That was one of Hugh Robertson's. He's kind of a 50-50 day for him. And that was one of the bad 50s. And it didn't go anywhere. And we thought, okay, well, they, they get that turnover. And Devin Witherspoon called for the pass interference. The very next play, Quan Martin probably picks that off seven out of ten times, yeah. six out of ten times, right over his fingers for a touchdown. Misjudged the ball a little yeah. bit in the air, right? And it's just kind of that. A whole scenario, and, and we knew it. At halftime, you and I talked like, that could be something, man. And then, of course, the penalty, I mean, it's a bad call. There's three that really stuck out stuck out to me, right? The, the Witherspoon one, the Sidney Brown one, and the Xavier Scott one. That's not very good calls. Let's just be honest. And Witherspoon was far and away the most egregious yeah. of the bad calls. But if you just zoom out a little bit and look at the drive before that to set it up, it was – I thought they got too conservative, yeah. and it bit them. It bit them in a really bad way, and you, it's hard to overcome those things when, when you know, there's just bad calls. Those happen. Yeah, and Joey and I asked uh, Brett Buham about both those things. One, the Devin Witherspoon call. Brett said he didn't get a good – he said that one was frustrating because he didn't get an explanation for it. That one, Brett Buhlma was pissed. Let's be – I mean, we saw it on the sidelines. We saw it after the game. We that, saw it at halftime. He, he followed the refs going into halftime. He followed them coming out of halftime. He was pissed about it, and, and I get it. I, I get it, but that was, was a microcosm of the larger issues, too. Yeah, he didn't, he, no, he didn't go into the press conference and get willing to be fined, but he said, again, this is the same crew at Indiana. They're going to call a lot of penalties. We had to be prepared for that. And kudos to the players. Um, you know, They were frustrated with the penalties. We know that, but they said they didn't respond well. And I saw one commenter here on the YouTube Live say that Purdue got in Illinois' heads, I think they did a little bit. I think Illinois was in their own heads a little bit about um, – it felt like they were pressing. 
um, throughout this game. It's easy to say that in hindsight as they lose, but uh, it certainly felt like they didn't handle that moment and handle that adversity uh, the best and execute because Purdue out-executed Illinois um, as well. So uh, Joey also asked about that last offensive drive before the half about getting conservative because it felt like you're up 14-7. You get, a t- you get a score, get a field goal, right? You have a chance to really take control of that game, get the ball out of half, score again. You're up a couple possessions, right? Um, we, we'll ask Barry Ulani about it, but B- Brett Bioma seemed like he didn't remember a lot about that drive. So we'll ask Barry Ulani about it, um, but I didn't like that. I didn't like how conservative they got. I didn't like that Reggie Love was in, in the game. Just two runs right away. I thought put the ball in Tommy DeVito's hands. I understand Chase Brown does need a rest. Put the ball in Tommy DeVito's hands. See if you can get something going. Um, but they weren't able to do it. weren't able to execute. And it felt like they were running four-minute drill yeah. when – Purdue still had some timeouts, and Purdue gladly took the ball on a short field, went down and scored after a, a bad defensive pass interference call. As you said, Charlie Jones gets it right out of the outstretched hands of Quan Martin. Changed the game. Yeah, and, you know, I, I wouldn't know. You're right. Chase Brown needs a rest, and Purdue was stopping the run pretty well. Chase Brown didn't rush for 100 yards for the first time since before the Northwestern game a year ago. But it was just those, the first and second downs. I get it if you if – you, don't get what you need on first, and maybe on second you should try to make burn some time. But it felt like they came out content to burn the time, and yeah. and knowing that they were head you know facing right up with the wind, the punt was going to be tough. It was just going to be. That was a really interesting series, and it and it got them. And I know the Witherspoon play is going to get a lot of attention. It should. Yes. It should. That was a horrible call. Uh, but man, there's a lot that was really baked into that. I think one thing we got to talk about is, um, you know, Big Ten teams have good coaches, and I think we've seen Big Ten teams scheme now for Illinois, right? We saw it in a win over Nebraska. Nebraska did some things offensively that hurt Illinois on the defense. And really, you go back to that Nebraska game, it certainly helped that Casey Thompson was no longer in that game because that really stopped any offensive momentum they had. But they were able to get some things on Illinois' defense. Michigan State did the same thing. They were able to get some things on the Illinois defense. Purdue did that again. Purdue was able to run the ball on Illinois. And I, I thought Jeff Brom, my big question for him was, was he actually going to run the ball today? And I thought they really established that. 33 rushes to 40 pass attempts, that's closer to 50-50 than Jeff Brom ever is. He's closer to 60-40. So I think that was really good for them early on. Devin Mockabee uh, had a fantastic drive. They had five plays, 55 yards. Mockabee had like four carries on that drive. It was all running attempts. I think Illinois the last couple weeks has been outplayed in the trenches. Um, We can get to that in a little bit. But I think Purdue was able to do some of those things uh, offensively. Teams are gearing up for Chase Brown and saying, okay, we're going to try and contain him. He hasn't had a long run in a long time, right? Like, he's been held under 20 yards for each of the last two games. No gain bigger than 20 yards each of the last two games. So they really stack in the box, and Illinois hasn't been able to make him pay uh, enough. And that's partly a talent issue. I think at wide receiver, um, you know, tight end's got to get a little better. Tip Ryman's got to bring in that catch. Uh, but I, I thought – Tommy DeVito didn't have his best game. I thought this was his worst game in, in, in some time, just with some of his accuracy, some of his decision-making. Not that he was bad, but Aiden O'Connell out, outplayed him today. Aiden O'Connell was really fantastic after that first pick. Yeah, it was really those three drives after the opening drive in particular that we noticed, like, man, this is – Tommy DeVito's just missed – I think he missed four straight throws, and that's the last I looked, it, it could have been more, and it's just didn't – wasn't the rhythm, you know, he wasn't, the, the offense wasn't in a rhythm, and it's like when the running game gets stopped, it was kind of a, oh, what's next? And Tommy DeVito can make those throws. That's what was 
surprising, to be honest. And, and he had a couple drives where it's like, oh, shoot, the, the, there was a drive in the third quarter, and he answered. Illinois answered back a couple of times on yeah. those Purdue, but those three drives there right after that opening score, it's like, man, you guys – Where's the momentum to build? And Purdue was leaving the door ready. It was a missed field goal, uh, a turnover on downs, I believe the pick, the Tyler Strain pick. And I think you didn't get points out of that, did you? You, uh, you got to get those. You got to field goal something on those drives. Yeah, uh, and they did fix the red zone issues today. When they got in the red zone, they scored. They had three touchdowns on three red zone attempts. They just weren't able to get there. They weren't able to drive it down the field uh, and put together a, a lot of good drives. So that certainly was a big issue. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The other thing that hasn't hurt this team until now is injuries. Um, this team is starting to get banged up. And the one reason I wasn't as high on this team, I had them at 6-6 six and six coming into the year, is I didn't think they had the depth to overcome some key injuries. They're starting to have those, uh, especially at cornerback. Taz Nicholson came back in the game, uh, was good early on, Joey, and then he suffered what Brett Bielma said is likely a season-ending injury. Terrell Jennings suffered a season-ending injury he, last He wasn't week. dressed in any capacity. He was in a sling. I mean, it just didn't look good. It's, it's a chest injury, so he, he hasn't said that publicly. But, yes, he's going to be out for the season. Uh, and then, you know, you have Tyler Strain make a great play, and he leaves the game with a concussion. So you're putting Tyson Rooks, Xavier Scott in the game, moving Quan Martin to corner. Um, so this team just doesn't have that depth quite yet. And now you're putting out against Purdue, a good passing team. You're putting these freshman corners in. And when I certainly miss Seth Coleman, I, I do think the lack of pass rush part of it was because Purdue gets the ball out so quickly. Um, and Aiden O'Connell gets the ball out quickly, and he made some good pre-snap reads. But he had two quarterback hits, no sacks today. Seth Coleman certainly would help there. And I thought Alec Bryant had a couple real misplays in, in the running game early on. That's where inexperience, the lack of depth really shows up. And then running back, right? Um, Josh McCray, not able to go. He's got an ankle injury after that horse collar yesterday. They could really use him the last couple weeks. They could have used him all year, Joey, when we talk about red zone, giving Chase Brown a break. And then Chase Brown got nicked up today. We don't know what that injury was towards the end. You were watching him come off the field, Joey. But um, he's everything uh, for, for their offense. And if you have an injury to Chase Brown, we see they don't have the running back depth right now. Yeah, he was walking gingerly off the field. I mean, there was a limp. We, we don't know. Brett Bielema didn't have an update on the – severity of his injury can we zoom in just on cornerback real quick um Devin the Witherspoon matchup with Charlie Jones was as fun as we thought it was going to be they both got each other 
from time to time. But a serious question. Did, did Charlie Jones ever get Devin? I think he had one catch against Devin. Like, I, Devin was fantastic against him. Uh, he just got called for two pass interferences on him. My, my quad, will Devin Witherspoon get targeted again the rest of the year? No, seriously. And that's not like yeah. – I mean, he is playing well. But you've got two true freshmen sitting on the other side of him unless you move Quan Martin out there. And that's not – I mean, I think there's – we obviously know the staff is high on the long-term potential of Tyson Rooks, of Elijah McCantos, of uh, Xavier Scott. But if you don't have to throw towards that guy, every offensive coordinator from here on out is going to pick on the freshman. And, and that's just the reality of, of not having the depth there. Could they have hit the portal harder? I don't know. I, I mean, right, everything's hindsight in November when you're dealing with injury. I mean, they got Terrell Jennings, but now he's right. hurt. Right? right. So, I mean, that, that is – that's a really big story to monitor because now you have a very clear target area on this defense. In addition to what we've seen, we saw Purdue attack the edges today with wide, or with tight ends and with running backs. If that's the case and you've got kind of a, a, a big red flag over on one side of the field until they prove they're not, man, like – that's going to be something that Illinois is going to have to overcome. I think that's a really, really big deal in these yeah. final two games of the regular season. No, it absolutely is. And, again, if Chase Brown can't go against Michigan, oh, boy, right? Like, that's a lot on Tommy DeVito. Um, who are you going to see at running back in the big house? Like, that's a really, really tough place to play. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But injuries finally hurting a team where they just can't afford injuries. And Brett Bielma said it afterwards, Joey, that's why recruiting is so important. And they did miss, like, they got some good players on campus uh, the last couple weeks. Malik Elsey, the four-star Chicago Simeon wide receiver, was here. I'll share with you guys. Uh, Wisconsin commit uh, wide receiver Colin Dixon was on campus here today. So to get those guys on campus was was a big deal. Um, and, and they had some younger guys here on campus as well. So, But they weren't able to kind of take that next step, have that big moment here. They certainly have, have gotten into more battles here, but – Recruiting is going to be so important in this offseason, Joey, to continue to improve that depth and to develop that depth when you get the bowl practices of some of these young guys like those corners. I do want to add one more injury. Uh, we, we don't have an update, but Pat Bryant jogged yeah. to the locker room. The wide receiver made me think about that. I don't Could have used him late. I didn't. don't recall seeing him again for the rest of the game. So that's another one to monitor. And we, Jeremy, like depth has been a thing well, all year. Go ahead. I, I want to mention a play. Miles Scott had the holding call. That's right. Uh, Chase Brown had a great run. Miles Scott kind of unnecessarily held. Um, you just got to let go of, of your guy then. Pat Bryant might have been in the game on that play, making that block instead. So there's another, you know, obviously a walk-on wide receiver compared to Pat Bryant. It's a big difference. Yeah, it's, that's another. I mean, we knew, again, we knew depth was a concern. We, we knew it. We, we talked like, okay, I think the wide receivers have largely outproduced what we thought they would. We talked about – okay, what happens if X, Y, or Z, those injuries happen? Now they're starting to pile up. And I think Brett Bielema made a good point. It's at really key positions, right? Yeah. And it's, it seems to be like the corners. It's kind of like an all on the corners right now. And, and Seth Coleman, he was a concussion protocol. I don't know what the long, you know, how long that's going to be. And they already have Ezekiel Holmes out, right? right? Like they're kind of getting attacked at these positions. Like running back, you can handle a little bit. If you had an offensive line injury, you can handle a little bit. Um, but a lot of other places, corner, outside linebacker, has just been hit hard. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's – I don't know how – I guess you hope. You're glad to see Northwestern at the end, right? Because they're not a very good team. And you'd prefer to see that than some, you know, powerhouse. Man, it's it, – they're adding up. And that's going to be probably the most important thing for us to monitor in, in these next two weeks is what the availability of some of these guys is. 
I want to get to your guys' questions, um, but I, I'm seeing some comments here, and, and I'll go with Mark here. Kind of sets it up. Going from playoff dark horse to all but eliminate from the Big Ten championship in nine days is the most Illinois thing possible. Listen, I get that comment. I, I really do because at the beginning of the season, if I would have told you Illinois was seven and three, four and three in the Big Ten with two weeks to play, you would have taken it. But when you get to seven and one, start off four and one in Big Ten play, and have all of this to play for in your grasp, and then you lose two games at home to a Michigan State team who was three and five at the time, uh, to a uh, Purdue team that had lost back-to-back games to two teams you had beaten. That's really disappointing. Like it should, it should hurt. Like this is now the games you have to play for. Um, and I talked to Josh Whitman on the field a little bit early. And he said, this is a big one. I go, yeah, this is, this is what you wanted, right? You want, you want to play for games like this, uh, but it's stressful. And when you lose them, it's disappointing. So there's a comfort knowing you can have such a disappointing loss, but it doesn't make it any less disappointing because you could have played in the Big Ten championship game, and now you need so many things to go your way outside of just winning games yourself. Um, and, and you missed a chance, I think, at, at potential more momentum in recruiting. Yeah, it's weird because all season we've talked about, like, hey, it's time to recalibrate expectations. And now I'm having, like, a crisis of my own words. Like, the other part of me thinks, like, goodness gracious, you're still 7-3. and But that's the reality. It's Illinois throughout the course of – through really the month of October, Mm -hmm. uh, that back end, that six-week stretch, they recalibrated all of these expectations. So, yeah, man, these do hurt. And and it was two winnable home games, right? I mean, you you were favored in both uh, heartily against Michigan State. It's two winnable games that, yeah, that that should hurt. And that's why this is a missed opportunity. And that's why it's – it's the other part of it is, like, that's why I fight. It's like, well, it's still year two of Brett Bielema. Well, you changed those expectations. You, you outperformed early, and, and now you've got to – I don't even know if outperformed. You just performed to a high level early, and now you've got to maintain what you've done. And now at this point, you've got to flip the page and try to salvage something in these last two, one of which is the number three team in the country. Yeah, going to be very difficult uh, next week. So I, I think our most optimistic projection would be Illinois goes one and one. So you get to five and four. The only way you could win the West is if, right, would it be Wisconsin and Purdue tie? There's got to be a three-way tie, four-way tie. So if Purdue wins both games, Illinois has no chance unless they beat Michigan, Northwestern, and, like, Wisconsin also wins I, I i don't even know if they have a chance then so like the scenarios have to play out we'll see how it goes but illinois likely lost the big 10 west title uh the last two weeks um so that's very very disappointing let's get to some of your comments i do want to mention senior day a few guys who notably went through senior day festivities julian pearl offensive lineman who wouldn't shock us if he doesn't come back for a sixth year. He's got the size and length um, that really intrigues people, athleticism, to potentially play tackle at the next level. Chase Brown, no surprise there, um, especially after the beating he's taken, all the hits he's taken. He needs to go pro as he can, and Devin Witherspoon. Uh, those were the three biggest, I think, that I saw, right? Yeah, the, the, inter- the other interesting one was Art Sikowski. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, look, it's, it's not the same level of Devin Witherspoon as Chase Brown, but – that is interesting is Illinois now figures out a quarterback carousel here in a couple, I guess we'll say a month and a half, six weeks. They will get a transfer quarterback. Right. I don't, <laughs> we, we never thought otherwise, but right. Art Sikowski going through that, that doesn't necessarily mean Art Sikowski's not returning next year, Correct. but it is something to point out and it's something to note that 
he did in fact go through those ceremonies. So we'll see what that means moving forward. I thought that was interesting because I don't know that I came in yeah. necessarily expecting that. Yeah, uh, another comment I, I will give. Um, you know, Josh McCray, I saw somebody put in the, the chat, um, he needs to redshirt. That's a possibility now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, three games left with the bowl game at the very least. He's played three games, so he can play one more and still redshirt. That seems like a good possibility, I would imagine, at this point. He was in a walking boot today. We'll see where he's at, but I would imagine, you know, Josh McCray is a very important part of this team. But given that Aiden Lawfrey was hurt this year, didn't have, um, you know, much of an impact, didn't get on the field, you know, he's a guy you're counting on. Reggie Love, I don't think we've seen, can be a number one back yet at the Big Ten. Running back is rising up my list of transfer portal possibilities because I think you can attract a really good one. I think it's really important um, that you have a good, great player at that position. I think it's important for next year because we're seeing, man, how valuable Chase Brown is because, you know, like they shut him down a little bit, and then all of a sudden Illinois really struggles to move the ball. Yeah, it's, and I'm with you. I don't know that I – how do I want to put it? Like, I don't know that you necessarily have – it's not like quarterback or defensive line. We think defensive line where you have to, have to, have to do this. But you also do have to maximize one of your – two or three best pitches, right? And, and the great thing about the portal is you can maximize each position group. Like, you can upgrade each position group. You don't have to count on, you know, like, is Jordan Anderson going to have 100 carries next year? I, I don't think so. So, like, if you had the opportunity to maximize competition and maximize every single year to be the best team you can be, I see Brett Bielema doing that. Yeah, Brett Bielema's not in the business of, of waiting around. Right? He, he's trying to win football games. And, again, you have a really good pitch sitting there. I mean, you have a 15 – I don't know what Chase is at right now. You got a really 1,000-plus-yard pitch to send out there, a Doak Walker pitch to send out there. And you're probably going to have some options in, in the portal. There's always a, you know, such-and-such such X running back enters the portal and that running back's really good. Illinois can put itself in that conversation uh, for that. So it's really interesting how that is, is kind of playing out here. Uh, Fett said, Ryan Walters hasn't helped his resume the last two weeks, so extend him now. I think an extension probably in the works here uh, to try and get him locked down. I think Brett Bielma would be the same way. And I saw somebody said, uh, Jeremy said Brett Bielma was underpaid a couple weeks ago. I don't think that's the case. No, he's over. he's been more valuable than what he's getting paid compared to the rest of the Big Ten. He's taking a big step. Is he making Mel Tucker money? No, I'm not saying that, but he should get a raise and he should get a contract extension for the progress they have made and for making Illinois a very competent program. They didn't play well today and still had a chance to win in the fourth quarter against a, a pretty decent to good Purdue team. Um, so I think they've taken a huge step forward that this is a huge disappointment today and last week. Yeah, two games don't mean that the season was a total disaster and that Brett Bielema suddenly – it's cost of doing business with, with programs that you want to say are good programs or good teams. And Brett Bielema has a good team still. And he's trying to build a good program. It's money. There's money involved in doing that. Yeah. Um, these guys to read too much of their press clippings and acted like fools, Stephen said. I mean, I don't know. I can't I read their things. I, I'm sorry, man. I, I hate, I hate that narrative. I just hate it. I, it's, Dude, this is such a high-pressure, high-leverage sport that you're asked to play. Yeah. Is there confidence? Yeah, of course. Like, confidence is good in a lot of ways. But I hate that. All oh, they read their own. Dude, I don't think anybody in that room is like, oh, look at that. Everybody loves us. We're... No, that that's so stupid. 
I'm sorry. Well, Brett Bielema was good at angle. Brett Bielema was really good at, at at approaching those things. Um, here's another one. Fett said, aside from the refs, our O line was abysmal, and the offense as a whole was not good today. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line has been really disappointing the last two weeks. Uh, I've had them as my in the spotlight the last two weeks instead of picking a skill player. It's been the offensive line, and I thought. After that first drive, Joey, the Illinois offensive line dominated. Like, they were able to run all over Purdue. And after that, they weren't. I think some of that was Purdue and schematically what they were doing. A lot of people are crashing off the edge so that Tommy can't keep the ball. And then they have everybody in the box to, to stop Chase because they don't think Illinois' wide receivers can beat them. And outside of some Brian Hightower, really good catches, that, for the most part, played out to be true. Isaiah Williams was really a non-factor uh, today. But – yeah, I think the O-line has been disappointing because I you know, talked with Matt Millen before last week, and he said this is the third best offensive line in the Big Ten. They have not been that the last couple of weeks. Um, so they have not lived up to their standard. I know Bart Miller's standard. Yeah, that was surprising, right? Because I, I think you and I both felt like Bart Miller was going to have those guys going. And the first drive, they did, and they were going. So that, that was a pretty surprising uh, yeah. development. Uh, another great comment here. Um, the worst part is we played this from TB uh, on our own field with a bunch of fans watching. Yeah, you were undefeated at home before these two games, and you had a chance to clinch the Big Ten West at home. You didn't even get one step closer uh, to clinching the Big Ten West. Absolutely, that's a disappointing because, you know, I, I, I feel for the fans that, you know, buy into this. You, why wouldn't you after a 7-1 start? You got a couple opponents that you feel like you can beat at home. And Illinois just, again, they didn't meet the moment. So as an Illinois fan, you, you finally buy in, you put your heart into it, and then it's disappointment, so that's why everyone says it's Illinois again. I think this is something the team's got to go through to, to figure out how to win games. I don't think Illinois' roster is good enough yet to, to make these mistakes, but you hope the young guys, the guys who are going to be here for a couple of years, learn from all this and that Brett Bielma can add the talent to replace the talent that, that's going out the door. Um, but it's hard, hard to win Big Ten championships, even in the West, um, even at that JV level in the Big Ten, if you want to call it that, like, there's good teams. There's good teams and there's good coaches in the Big Ten. Illinois didn't play well enough, and they're not talented enough and deep enough to overcome mistakes and injuries. Yeah, I think when you, you the point, like they don't have a talented enough roster right now, I think is a good point because I think they have talented enough starters. Yes. Like that, that is the, I think that's a really big line to draw. Like they have talented enough starters. I don't like anybody, no coach in the Big Ten, no one who watches Illinois would argue that. Depth again, like we have talked about. That's not an excuse for the twelve penalties. That, I mean, that's those are inexcusable. The missed executions. That's that's just mistakes. Mm -hmm. But by and large, the raw like that, the roster, the depth that also plays into it. Uh, TB, if Illinois beats UM next week and ruins all the hype for the Ohio State Michigan game, then all is forgotten. Plus, it'll make the the basketball games uh, even better. Yeah, it's gonna be very tough. Michigan's really good, and they're deep. And they're physical. They're big. Um, that's going to be a very tough game, and we'll have to see who actually can play in that game. Because, you know, Michigan's got the horses, man. Uh, and and I can't wait for that Michigan Ohio State game because I think Michigan is at Ohio State's level. I, re I really do. They were last year. I think they are again today. Next week's your toughest opponent, and probably your toughest environment of the season. Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of an air about the big house too, right? Like that's just a tough. Tough operator. Can I read one? No, now maybe the hope is they got nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> they got nothing to lose. Um, there's no pressure on them because they're going to be 20 point underdogs probably next week. Go ahead. I just want not the right hire, just jumps off the page of stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Let's see. Game was awful all around, Lunkers. What's up, Lunkers? It's better than last year and the year before. Yes. Um, let's see. Anything else that we need to cover here, Joey? I don't know. What happens the next two years, Michael asks? I don't know. There's so much to play out year to year of what a roster looks like. I got big questions about the quarterback. I got big questions uh, about how they rebuild a defensive line. But Keith Randolph not going through senior day today. I don't think he's ready to be a for sure NFL draft pick. Johnny Newton's got a big decision uh, in front of him, Joey. Devin Witherspoon's certainly gone. Chase Brown's certainly gone. Uh, seems like Julian Pearl is probably leaning that way. I don't think the Isaiah Adams, the NFL thing, is going to happen quite this year. I think he needs to come back for another year. I think they'll add some Juco offensive linemen. Uh, they'll add some guys in the portal. Uh, and they just need to continue to add talent and get the right quarterback again because they got the right quarterback uh, this past year. Even if Tommy didn't have his best game today, I thought he'd give him a chance. Yeah, what happens the next two years, in all honesty, is you've got to nail the portal until your guys, your high school yeah. guys, are ready to go. And, and that we just haven't seen Illinois – nail the portal and all they, they absolutely hit a home run with Tommy DeVito yes. no one in their right mind should argue that I mean you, you want to see the other guy the other guys they've added have been depth pieces they've been competitive competition pieces they need to land some guys that can be some of their best players next year some of their best players next year are probably going to have to come from the portal that's why I think running back need because they need a playmaker they need another playmaker, um, and then defensively, they just have a lot of holes they got to fill. Johnny Newton's a massive hole they have to fill. Devin Witherspoon's a massive hole they have to fill. So whether that's the JUCO or the transfer portal, they need to start getting more talent. Now you don't want to, you don't want to have to sacrifice culture things because of that. And I think Brett Bielma has been very careful about we need to set the right culture here and get the right guys, but you also need some guys who have next level talent like and, and maybe you can get more of those guys because you've won you've shown some great things on the field this year yeah i think that's the other point i want to make and we touched on it earlier maximize your pitches and that's not just the portal that's hey our wide receivers are performing better maximize your pitches in the high school trail like that you have attractive pitches and i know to, the loss is disappointing maybe people don't want to hear that but there are positions that you have pitches that are better than they were a year ago objectively and inarguably maximize those maximize them long term maximize them short term and build on you still built momentum as a program this yep. year yep. build on that momentum you've built continue to push that forward and that includes just maximizing talent acquisition long term short term intermediate and everywhere in between you still have a chance you're going to michigan we'll see what happens there i don't think many people are giving them a chance you have a chance to beat a bad northwestern team to end the season get to eight and four have a first winning big 10 season uh, for the first time since 2007 go to a good bowl game whether that bowl game is in florida or in nashville now just please don't go to the pinstripe. I don't want to go to New York twice and be cold twice. Open air press is... box. Open air press box. No, thank you. Yeah, let's let's stay out of New York, guys. Um, but yes, like they still can have a really good season by Illinois standards, and have a season that like you know Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue have had over the last couple of years, and then you try and build on that. And as you said, you maximize on it. Let's uh, two more comments. Uh, Def just hurts. Just sitting here hurting. All I got. And Sam says, man, it sucks to walk home 30 minutes after these losses, and it's cold. Joy Wagner did not bring a hat. He was cold after the game. That was, that was very chilly. So kudos to the – I'd say there are 30-plus thousand. I know the, the announced attendance was 45, 574. So kudos to the, the fans for showing up the last couple of weeks and supporting the team. Um, but kudos to those fans who stayed uh, for most of that game because it was, it was dang cold. 
it was pretty cool. And shout out, we, we give our guys, the, the TV guys on the beat, a hard you time. Give it to shout out to them, man. It, it, dude, it was cold. Like, it was, and like, I guess it's November 12th, so we shouldn't be surprised. It just kind of snuck up because was, we were in shorts at media earlier this week. But yeah, man, shout out to people who bought in. I know it, it hurts, but shout out to people who bought in and, yeah. and stuck with a, a game that was frustrating. I mean, it was close. It was always a one possession game until that field goal. Yeah. But it was maddening, man. It, it was maddening and stuck with it. And I know it's a low bar, but you got to have a bar somewhere, right? Uh, frustrating two weeks for Illinois football. Brett Bielma didn't really mince words about that. They, they, they missed an opportunity and keep coming back to it. They, they missed their moment uh, to potentially really break through and, and control their own destiny for a Big Ten West title, something they've never done. Purdue took a hold of that. Um, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa have a chance. Not, not sure what the score of that game is right now, but um, Illinois still has two opportunities to play, improve their bowl standing, beat a rival against Northwestern. Right now, Iowa's up 14 to 10, and what is a very important game in the Big Ten West because there could be five teams, four teams tied to top the Big Ten West uh, after this game. Thank you to everybody for joining us on the live YouTube stream. We appreciate you guys. I know it's a, a disappointing result, but thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully we uh, provided at least, what's the word I'm looking for? Like therapeutic, yeah. a, a therapeutic 34 minutes here. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we provide that. We'll do this after the basketball games as well. Derek Piper and I will be in Vegas this coming week. Joey will be up at Michigan, so we'll have you covered there. Uh, give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate that. We'll have plenty of content coming up, both football and basketball, at Illini Inquirer after this busy weekend. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.